You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Munniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. We're so excited to be back. Uh, We have some updates for you during this podcast. Um, Podcast updates, life updates, mother running world updates. So anyway, Nikki, do you want to kind of talk about a little bit of the podcast updates that are coming up? Yes, I do. So as you all know, or most of you know, that have been following us. Um, we've had a little bit of a hiatus, I guess you could say, um, just in the sense that we, me, Nikki and Steph have been, um, busy living life and doing all the things and having three kids each and running and, um, life in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's busy and there's a lot going on. So we, It's hard sometimes when you get out of the rhythm of doing something, even with running. I mean, this really applies to anything. Mm -hmm. If you're out of the rhythm of doing it, it's very hard to see how you're going to actually put it back into your life. Like, how are you going to carve out more time? Like, where did that time go? It doesn't seem to exist anymore. That kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we've kind of come up with a revamped goal for the podcast, uh, just to make it more sustainable for us. Cause we do love it. We always love talking to our guests. We love being part of this community and having these conversations with moms and runners and people that are just inspiring and doing it all. And, uh, so we don't really want to go anywhere, uh, permanently. So we're going to be here, but we're just going to be releasing two episodes every month. And that's, that's it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So we're going to try and do one guest episode a month and then one like Nikki and Steph episode a month, um, just to try to make it a little bit more manageable. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try and do it every week and have a guest every week. And it was taking a lot of mental load to do that. Not that we don't, like Nikki said, we love doing this and we love having our conversations, but on top of working and running and motherhood and life, um, this was just what got put on the back burner a little bit. And so we appreciate your patience and grace and letting us take that little bit of a hiatus. But I know for me, I'm super excited to be back on the podcast. Me too. <laughs> and I like miss Nikki. I'm like, you're my best friend. <laughs> Where's my friend? Yeah. Where did she go? Like, yeah. I mean, we just see each other very regularly on zoom and, um, and then to not, it, yeah. it's weird. I know. And then I saw like love life updates on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, I want to talk to her about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more yeah. <laughs> with your voice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So yeah. Um, we're back. 
And so Steph, what is up in your life? Lots is up in my life. Um, so work has been extremely busy. I actually have someone doing some of my editing that I'm paying for. Um, and then I check their work and everything, but so that's really good. So business is good. Um, we have some family stuff going on, which is tough to deal with. Um, but this recording is a nice little mental break from some tougher things going on in life. And when I feel, well, I talked about Amelia's, um, stuff last year with her type one. And right now she is very sick with what they think is roseola, which has been known to be a trigger to put her into stage three type one, which means she needs insulin. Um, so we have to keep a very close eye on her right now. Um, and I think it happens very fast. Everyone that I've talked to has been like a week or two after they have an illness that they get diagnosed with type one. Um, so if it does happen, it could be pretty fast. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on that. Um, mm -hmm. I've been doing, I've been listening to the juice box podcast forever. So I know a little bit, I feel a little bit more prepared than I did last year. Um, when this kind of became more of a thing. So there's that. Um, mm -hmm. and then I also started a, because I'm not busy enough, a pattern writing business for quilting. And so I have my first quilt pattern release on June 2nd, which is so cool. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Um, and how you got into that. Yeah. I know you've always enjoyed quilting. That's one of your creative outlets. Mm. And it's such a cool, freaking practical out creative outlet. I, I love it. And someday I'm going to learn how to sew. Oh, Steph is holding up her quilt right now. On her bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh -huh. Tell us about that. Yeah. So obviously, like Nikki said, I've been quilting for a while. Um, my grandma taught me how to sew when I was little. And then this quilter that I follow and had been following for a long time now uh, was offering like a pattern writing course and um, kind of showing like how the steps were there. And so I decided to take the leap and kind of do some of that. So I did, I got the course and took the course um, and it is a lot more work than people think it is. It's a lot of math. Um, it's not just like designing a pretty like picture. It's a, a lot of effort that goes into it. Um, and so I created my pattern. I did all the math. I made the document and then I put out like a call for pattern testers. And so they get my pattern for free and then they make a pattern and they'll give me feedback on how I can edit my pattern to, so for when I release it to the public and people can buy it. So um, that it's maybe easier or. Yep. And all my math is correct and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're like, you're like a quilt engineer. Kinda. You yeah. are. <laughs> you're an engineer. I think we could officially call you that. That would be fine. I like that title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should put that on my Instagram. If you want to yeah. follow me, it's Pine Quilt Co on Instagram. Definitely. We'll link that in the show notes. Yes. Um, and so I'm super excited to be releasing my first quilt um, pattern and it's just, it's just so much fun. And I have connected with people like all over the country. Actually, one of my pattern testers is from Switzerland. Hmm, cool. And so it's just 
all over the world people being able to do this so it's just it's been a lot of fun um yes Steph the global quilt engineer <laughs> architect <laughs> engineer architect <laughs> yeah. love it yeah so um just because I needed another thing to do but I don't okay. know it's, it's nice when I'm when I I it's hard for me to sit still and like not do anything <clears throat> but if we're just sitting the kids are in bed and I don't have I'm sure I could do other things but like we're just relaxing all like doodle different patterns that I have in my head or things that I'm thinking about and so I have a wall hanging quilt that I want to do that looks like um the shore of Lake Superior Mm. um and I have a couple other ones that I'm kind of like toying with but I'm hoping that I'll release like four patterns a year so it won't be a ton um but enough so yeah and then once you make a pattern then it's just available to people like they can just download it or something so it's actually fairly easy it's just a lot of work on the front end right it's a ton of work on the front end oh before it goes to the pattern testers I do send it to a technical editor and she goes through my math and um diagrams and stuff too but then she doesn't make a quilt so these other people will make a quilt um so do you think you'll ever create patterns for you know like your aprons or um clothing pants you know can you teach me how to sew pants or a shirt like that would be so neat that would be really cool I would have to think about that I think a flat blanket was hard enough Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure we will see. And I think with clothing, you have to have a lot of like, um, patterns that you have to print out like, mm-hmm. or quilts with no curves. You typically don't need a pattern. There are some that you have to like print out a pattern, like one that you like trace for cutting. Um, and then that gets hard because people's printer settings are all weird and Mm. okay a little bit more complicated yeah just curious you know I really want to do a wall hanging though so yeah fun yeah anyway that's enough of my world well except real quick um training racing yes how's that feeling (laughs) I also run (laughs) right (laughs) I know (laughs) oh that's so funny so I was supposed to have a 50 miler this weekend um, and then my brother's confirmation, I'm his sponsor came and it was Friday night at like 6 PM. And then my race would have been like 5 AM and it was like three and a half hours away. So there's just no way that, I mean, I'm sure I could have, but I didn't want to put that stress on myself. So, um, we decided not to do that race. Um, but I have a 50 miler in July that's Eugene or not Eugene, that's Voyager 50. It's in Duluth and it goes south and then comes back. It's an out and back. Cool. And then Superior 100, which I'm like super, super nervous about. Um, But so like you'll hear in two weeks, Ashley is on the podcast. She's my coach and she's just amazing. It's going really well. I mean, life has thrown some curveballs and the weather this year has been insane. Um. So I, I've been doing a lot on my treadmill, which is not fun. I would rather be on the trail or even just out on the country roads. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way life is right now, that's what I'm, I'm doing. So do what you can. 
Yeah. 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 She has like ankle, like strengthening exercises and like the, I don't know what they're called. That kind of stuff where like, where you're going to be moving more on trail, we're on treadmill. It's just the same thing over and over again. But the good thing about, oh, like stability exercises. Stabilizers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. But the good thing on the treadmill is that I can do hills more than I can get around here because Superior is very hilly. It's a lot of elevation. I think it's like 25,000 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have nothing like that down here. So I'm able to do more elevation on my treadmill than I would be able to on a road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah good well good job doing all the things yeah well and you have some big life updates to share yes so as many of you know we're back from costa rica or in the u.s um in bend and uh that's great but we're not here for long well i mean we still got a waste. We'll have a great bend summer. And then we're taking off again in September. And I am actually going to go back to school. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to school in England. My school is Durham University. It's up in the north. And it's, uh, it's like about four-ish, four and a half hours from London, north of London. And then like three hours south of Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty up there. It's um about an hour-ish away from the Lake District, which is one of our favorite places. Uh, we took Dash in a camper van when he was 18 months old and traveled up, um, up there to the Lake District, which has a lot of fells, uh, kind of mountain hills. And got a big hiking and running culture. So I'm excited about that. My school, um, or part of the castle that's there is, uh, has been in some of the Harry Potter movies. So my son Dash pretty much just says that I'm going to Hogwarts, (laughs) (laughs) which Which I'm, I'm okay with him saying that. Um, I would like to feel like I'm going to Hogwarts finally got my letter by owl yeah I actually got one when I was graduating high school oh my gosh and it said like it couldn't be delivered and so that's why I didn't get it and it was like sealed with like a wax seal and it had like all my book list and like supply list in there oh my gosh who sent that to you my mom oh yeah sweet that's cute hogwarts duh it was uh, yeah right 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 sorry Alice <laughs> Dumbledore <laughs> who else uh anyway so I am going to be studying medical anthropology which is similar to like a global public health degree um it's basically looking at the body health and healing and the cultural historical environmental factors that affect that and um, I'm particularly interested and and might focus on um, maternal health because we all know there's so many holes uh, in our system with that and particularly postpartum care, mental health, um, physical health, all of that, that stuff. Um, so I'm excited. It's got a lot of my social science loves um, combined into one kind of general degree, but it's a year program. So um, yeah, I don't know exactly what will come after that, but 
um, yeah, it's a year. So, yeah. So what are the type of things that you can do with that? Mm -hmm. Um, it depends on what I end up focusing on. I mean, most likely I'll be working for like a nonprofit Mm -hmm. doing something related to what I focus on in health. And, um, yeah, it's, I also could write and do journalism. Um, I also could teach mm-hmm. or work at a university or um, continue doing research. Or if I'm like really loving it, I could go on to get my PhD. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm staying open to like what I find mm-hmm. there, but um, yeah, um, I'm super inspired by organizations like And Mother um, or Every Mother Counts, um, mm-hmm. that are doing a lot for, well, mothers, you know, everywhere around the world. Um, Every Mother Counts does a lot of, um, birthing care for women all over the world. And so something like that would be awesome. I, you can also do like humanitarian type work with like the UN or, um, World Health Organization, like things like that would be really neat. And you are kind of a, I mean, you're trained, um, to be very, um, what's the word, you know, culturally sensitive. And so I, there's, it's, you're kind of an in-between of the science and the medicine and the people and things, barriers that might come with (laughs) having people kind of like science and medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, just, yeah. Because there's just so many uh, different people out there and with different beliefs. And I have always found that really fascinating. I kind of view this degree as a little bit like satisfying my, my, one of my main true loves in this world is uh, National Geographic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of that, you know, it's, you've got like the culture and history of like archaeology, but then anthropology, what does it mean to be a human? I mean, that is such a loaded question in itself. And we're all humans. And then, you know, when you're looking at the body and healing, we all have bodies. And I just, I just love that stuff. Well, yeah, we'll see what I find. Yeah. I'd also love to, um, study embodiment more and just what it means to be in a body. And, you know, our society has always told us that we shouldn't trust ourselves and our bodies, you know, like you, um, you know, don't look like you age, um, you know, anti-aging campaigns or like, you don't know how to eat, eat this diet, you know, or fitness. There's just so many things that come at us that tell us that we actually, we, we just disconnect from our bodies. Right. Um, and so I'd love to focus on that. I am taking a class called anthropology of the body and it talks about embodiment and things like that. So, so cool. we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited um, for you. Maybe thanks. I'll come and hang out. Cause we're trying to go to Norway next year sometime. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll pop over to Norway and visit you there. Yeah, maybe <laughs> there are fairly cheap uh Ryanair tickets sometimes you can find um like we were looking at I would love to go to some kind of little Christmas market um you know and maybe in Germany or something like that and I found some tickets that were like for a family of five round trip it'd be like three hundred dollars 
you know, just to uh, on a random December weekend to go to. That's insane. Yeah. I told Aaron, I was like, maybe we should move um, to Norway for a year. And he's like, no. Oh, I would definitely move to Norway for a year. (laughs) You see how beautiful it is? It's so beautiful. It's so, do you follow Rachel Pohl? No, I don't. I think, did you tell me about her? Yes, I did. I tried to make you follow her. Um, She's one of my favorites. Rachel? Yeah, Pohl, P-O-H-L. And, um, well, she's a great person to follow for anybody. Um, She writes really honestly and truthfully, which I really like. But also, she lives in Norway now and has posted a lot of beautiful pictures. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's... That's me. And then um, I've got a 50K coming up. I have started running more lately, which is good because it was bad for a while. Well, <laughs> um, a lot going on. Yeah. It, yeah. It has been a lot. Um, but uh, I have a friend who's training for Western States. And so she's doing a lot of like big training runs. The other day, she did 30 miles in the morning and then another 15 at night. Uh-huh. Just. Yeah. And so I hopped on for almost 18 miles for her morning run and it felt so good. It was so much fun. It was the perfect combination of being on like your favorite trails in a beautiful place. We were at Smith rock Mm -hmm. and then also being with community, you know, camaraderie. And I just loved it so much. It anyway, so I'm excited. And I just, the other day read this quote about how, um, your body at bodies at rest, stay at rest, bodies in motion, stay in motion. You know, it's like you hit that point where you're running a lot or running more and you just want to keep running more. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just such a good feeling when you hit that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. trying to like really hold on to that right now and not slip back into that slip from right. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that applies to like life too. Like we've been obviously like the sickness and then we have some other family issues going on and um someone was like I don't know how you're still like doing things like how are you not just like curled up in a ball I was like because I can't physically can't just stop because I know that if I stop then I'm it's gonna be real hard to get back and I don't want to have to go through like the growing pains of getting back into that so mm-hmm. I'll just, I mean, obviously I take the time and rest when I can, but I'm not going to rest for too long. So, yeah. Well, and I think the movement is such a part of just staying healthy mentally that it, it's like, it's part of the survival process, I think. Right. You yeah. know, and then also it just feels so good to be fit and strong. I know. And to know that you can do it, like that your body remembers how to train and do long runs. I was, I was so proud of my body the other day and yeah, it's just, it's good to hold on to it if, if possible. So I wanted to um, share a little bit about what has been happening lately in the mother running world um, for just in case people have missed it or whatever. Um, Since we've been out of it a little bit, there has been some pretty cool things happening. For starters, you may have heard about UTMB and their new deferral policy for pregnant people. And 
and partners too, which is really cool. Um, I'll read a little bit about what they have on their website. They say um, the policy, which includes deferral and priority entry guidelines for athletes that are pregnant, athletes with a partner who is pregnant, and athletes that are adopting or birthing via surrogacy, encourages runners to return to the trails in a safe way and within a time frame that is considerate of individual circumstances following birth. So cool. Then they say, for events with an entry lottery, including UTMB Mount Blanc, Lavaredo Ultra Trail by UTMB and Iger Ultra Trail by UTMB, the policy outlines that women will be given a full refund and priority entry to be used within five years for races in the 50K, 100K, and 100 mile categories, and within two years for 20K races. For all other events, the policy allows for women who become pregnant after registration to defer their entry for up to two years for the same race or receive a full refund. Partners of pregnant women, as well as parents that are adopting or birthing via surrogacy, will have the option to defer their entry for up to two years or receive a full refund. This is huge. This means that we can be safe. We can run and be a mother have kids, be an athlete, all the things in a healthy way. And a lot of this was done by Sophie Power, who now she started She Races, which is another thing to follow, but is just um, increasing equity in uh, sports, getting more women um, to start lines. And, um, and she was uh, the person we talked to um, many, many episodes ago. I don't remember which one at the moment, but um, she had a picture that went viral of her running UTMB and nursing her three month old because she couldn't give up her spot um, because there was no protection in place for pregnant or freshly postpartum woman. Um, And so she wasn't, didn't want to pass up on the experience of UTMB, but also it was not healthy for her to do that at the time. Um, cause it rarely is healthy to run UTMB three months postpartum. So anyway, I was going to say we, I remember talking about this. Um, I don't remember if it was with her episode or if it was when, um, like Western States came out with theirs that we don't know why UTMB hasn't yet. So I'm really happy to see that they have come out with um this because it's very unfair if you work so hard to be able to get into that lottery and then you can't even use it when you get drawn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. so well and even nowadays there's more specific races you have to do to get into UTMB to get your stones yeah, um not stones now are they we know isn't it stones now but it wasn't before I mean, it's so confusing. It's confusing. So I need to look at that again. However, um, I think they've made it so that there's only certain races that qualify for an entry into the lottery, into UTMB. So even just getting to one of those races can be more expensive and can be, you know, more training, time consuming, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so it's just, it's just really nice to see, um, protections happening for women that also want a family. I agree. Yeah. Because why can't women have goals too, besides just motherhood? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, they, yeah. And I want to show like them as I'm pointing to my daughter who's tucked under my arm because she's sick that we can do things 
we can do hard things like it says in our intro and that we are also a person because when they become moms if they choose to be um that they know that they're important too and their goals matter too mm-hmm. well and you know I, th- I was thinking about this because of just how some countries do postpartum so much better than we do um for example, just like maternity leave, just like as a basic right. <laughs> um, and and these are like, you know, a lot of Scandinavian countries are really good. Um, I, I think Norway has like two years paid maternity leave. And and I think some people cringe, you know, um, about like what that would do for businesses and like the economy and everything. I, ju- I just think if you are taking care of women and of mothers and, and families, then, then you're taking care of your society as a whole and everything is going to be fine. Maybe that's a little naive, but, and and that's a very simplified version of a very complicated process, but still, um, it's just, I, I, um, I read this quote the other day that was, it actually was on this crumpled piece of paper that my son was doing math problems on and I like flipped it over and there was a quote and it was about um, uh, veterans, mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it said the greatest casualty is being forgotten. And so I don't want to take anything away from uh, veterans health because that is very needed. Um, but I just was thinking as a mom, I was like, that kind of also applies to motherhood in a way like women were forgotten when, when the country, when all the policies got put into place, when women started working more, you know, families weren't included in, in a lot of this, like we were kind of forgotten, like our needs are not met and they're still not met. I mean, there it's, you know, there's people that are moving in the right directions, of course. Um, I just but think you know what I mean? it's so slow compared to like when women entered the workforce at a more substantial rate than they used to, I think policies and that kind of stuff just couldn't catch up. And I don't know if, I don't know world history as well as I probably should, but like other countries, like why was the US so against some of that where other countries like Norway had had those in place or are they just faster at moving on policies um, and that kind of stuff? I don't know, but um, I'm not like a huge politics person. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, but just just like basic things. And I mean, you know, what we talk about always of like how it's, in many ways, a crime that mothers don't have more checkups after they have babies or, you know, I mean, I think we should at least have one, at least one to two bare minimum PT appointments after we give birth and mental health, like therapy counseling appointments. Right. I mean, that is just the basic, basic start, you know, and there's just so much, I don't know. There's so much. We could talk about it all day. For sure. And I think that like starting, like if insurance won't cover that, um, or if it's, I don't know, starting with doctors, like my doctor was very good about getting me into OT. Like we had Kinsey on the Mm -hmm. podcast, um, Mm -hmm. and doing more holistic type mental health stuff that I did. Cause I personally didn't want to take medicine. That doesn't mean that I 
am against it. Like, I think it helps a ton of people. I just for myself, like I didn't want to take anything. Um, and so more holistic approaches to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like the follow-up after, like she did follow up with me a lot more than my previous doctors, but they were also male. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, and like, I loved my doctor. He's still our primary for our kids and myself. Um, he birthed Amelia, but I don't think it was the same follow-up that I had with my last doctor who was a woman who birthed Henry. Hmm. So it's just interesting. And I'm wondering like if doctors are picking up on that a little bit more on hopefully like pushing that out more. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, we're seeing good trends, but we're also, I mean, there's still just so many holes. Even just like insurance. It's just Mm -hmm. like, and I mean, I, so Henry hated, I know this isn't about mothers, but when he was born, he absolutely hated being in his car seat. He would scream. And I had a friend ask me if I had him go to the chiropractor. And I was like, no, I should. Literally, after I brought him to the chiropractor, I put him in his car seat. It was the first time he ever d- didn't cry in his car seat. Wow. And I'm like, but I had to pay like $120 because yeah. it was not covered by insurance. And I'm like, but it's so simple. And like, it doesn't it's not really costing you all that much, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, right. It's right. insane to think about like all this stuff that's not covered. Um, mm-hmm. insurance and-, mm-hmm. and, or just really feels really inaccessible because, because of everything it's, it's feels very hard to find certain kinds of therapy, um, or, know where to start, how to look for them. It, I mean, it just, it, it just has to be an easier process, I think, because I know so many people that want to get certain kinds of help for okay. mental or physical health, um, health, but it's, it feels like you have to walk through all these twisty, tangly weeds to get there. And, and so then it's easier just not to, because we're busy and we have lives that we have to live. And advocating for yourself in the doctor's office, like they'll just say, oh, it's nothing. And you're like, no, I, I know like there's something wrong either with me or with my kid. Like you're going to have to trust me because I'm in my body 24 seven. And yeah. Yeah. Right. Being a big advocate for anything that you need, but you are right. I mean, we don't have specialists. If I want to go to a specialist, it's an hour and a half, two hours away. Mm. Um, We Mm. just don't have that kind of stuff around here because we're in rural. Yeah. Rural. So there's a lot of people, um, that are in rural areas of the country that have that same thing. Yeah. That's a huge barrier. Mm. Anyway, Anyway, but I'm happy Uh, that UTMB. (laughs) Yes. Yes. UTMB is, uh, you know, taking steps. So that's good. And then also, um, I have been seeing some cool things happening with aunt mother, which I mentioned earlier there dedicated to breaking the barriers that limit a woman's choice to pursue and thrive in both career and motherhood. Um, and they have a lot of athletes that are part of their program and, um, they're, they're starting to create spaces for like nursing facilities and childcare at races so that moms can actually show up and participate. And, you know, because that's a huge, uh, I, I, I mean, we know you just getting 
having people to watch our children while we race is, can be really hard. So I love what they're doing there. Um, they do have a cool and mother athletic club where you can kind of be part of this team and also raise money. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to sign up for that soon. And, um, but yeah, so they've got a lot of cool things going. So I would, I'll link to, to them in the show notes as well. I was going to say, I am doing a fundraiser for mile in my shoes and it's for people who were, um, this doesn't have to be in here either, but, um, it's for people who were incarcerated and are trying to transition back into, um, society and giving them access to be able to run as a way to cope, um, with some of their mental issues on why they were, you know, if they had mental issues that led to them being incarcerated. Mm. Um, and so it's providing them with like shoes and race entry tickets and, um, clothing and stuff like that. Oh, so, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you want to say that officially or do you want to just kind of add that in or I'll just add that in. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. I can put that link in, um, the show notes below if anyone is so inclined to give to that fundraiser. I know it's hard yeah. to. Yeah. But I, you know, it's, um, when we, it, it can be powerful to use our feet to help people, you right. know, if, if we're using our feet anyway, yeah, you know, right. Um, that yeah. can be neat. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, we're excited to be back. Um, don't forget to go to Treeline Coffee to get your Run Hard Mommy, Mommy, Run Hard Mommy. <laughs> just hear that too many times a day. It's in, stuck in your head. <laughs> um, don't forget to go to treelinecoffee.com to get your Run Hard Mom Hard Coffee blend called You Got This. You can get 10% off with the code RUNHARD10, all capitals, and that works for a single purchase or for a subscription. So you can have it delivered on a weekly or monthly basis. Um, and you'll always be fueled for your adventures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. And also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and, um, connect with us over Instagram at run hard, mom, hard pod. And we will be in touch soon. Yay. You got this. <laughs>